Elena. And I'm Megan. Welcome to the Shh Don't Talk About It podcast, where we talk about all the things we need to say out loud, but think that we can't. We're going to talk about all the things. We're going to shed light on them. We're going to embrace them and we're going to fucking love them. So join us on this journey as we get rid of shame and start talking about it. Welcome to season three, episode two. I will decide. That's right. Well, we'll, we'll tell the people what we're talking about tonight. If you can't tell, it's fucking serious. I will but fucking first, decide. we're the deciders. We are the deciders. And here's what we're deciding we're going to crack the fucking cloth. <laughs> Don't fuck with us. Do not. No, no. Texas. Do not come for us tonight. We are talking about abortion. And we're really excited, actually, to air an interview that we did with our friend Catherine um, that was actually recorded, I want to say in May, mm-hmm. around the time that Texas actually passed this law. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then now, as everybody, I'm sure, is aware, the Supreme Court chose to do fuck all to stop Texas from um, – upholding their ridiculous abortion law. And so we feel like this is just a really important moment in time to release this episode, Mm -hmm. um, talking with our friend about her personal experience with abortion. Yeah, it's it's an amazing, uh, it was an amazing interview. Catherine is an incredible human being just in general. And then she was gracious enough to share her story with us on um, having an abortion because um, as you'll see throughout the episode, um, she has a child. And there is no shame in the um, decision that she made for herself and her life to have the abortion. So totally this this whole thing that's going on right now, you know, there's a lot there's a lot of uproar. Everybody has opinions. But when it really comes down to it, it's your life. It's your body. You got to do what's right for yourself. So and you need we all anyone with a uterus needs to retain the autonomy to make medical decisions for ourselves. Absolutely. And what I really appreciated about talking to Catherine is she was like, look, I'm a middle-class white lady lawyer. I could have figured out how to raise this child, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want to. It Mm -hmm. wasn't right for me. I already had a child who I wanted to pay, who I wanted to focus on. Mm And I chose a medical procedure that was the right decision for my life at the time, and I don't regret it. And I really loved having the chance to hear from her, and you all will hear more, because I think that the decision is so multifaceted. For some people, it's really a difficult decision. Yes. For some people, it's not. Mm Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. some people, it's an unwanted, life-saving medical procedure and everything in between, right? And I right. think we need to hold space for all of that. But yeah. regardless of – like, your reason doesn't matter to anybody but you. Yes. And we can't – we need to stop legislating this. Yes, please. So uh, I, just really appre- I just really appreciate the perspective Catherine's bringing forward. I think it's Same. a different take than you hear from a lot of um, – pro-choice advocates. It mm-hmm. was a really interesting interview to do. And I'm just yeah. grateful that she was vulnerable and brave enough to share the story with us. Totally. And maybe it will give folks a different way of thinking about or looking at the issue, or maybe it will just affirm what you already think and believe. But either way, 
I'm excited to be putting this out at this moment in time. Me too. Me too. It's so good. It's so good. And ladies, you know, anyone with the uterus, <laughs> we need to talk about this stuff. Yeah. We need to, to bring it out to the table. We need to talk about it. Take the shame away. Take the stigma away of your choice to decide what you want to do with your life. And what's right for you. Exactly. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. This is your life that you have to fucking live. So Exactly. So take a listen. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you think. What you think. Um, if you've had an abortion and you want to talk about it, let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, we are here for you. We know that this can be a difficult topic. Yes. We also don't believe it has to be. Exactly. So. Perfectly said. Here's Catherine and Enjoy. I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, Catherine. Welcome. Hi, Megan. Hi, Raina. Hi. Welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you here today. Um, So everyone, today we're talking to Catherine, who is someone I've known a very long time since like my, our sophomore year of college. Um, Catherine is a progressive activist. She's a badass lawyer. She's a mom. And she's also a person who's had an abortion. And she's here um, to talk to us about this very stigmatized, still very, unfortunately, hush, hush mm-hmm. topic. And we're, we're really grateful to you to, uh, for you being here today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast. I think I've seen every episode and it's so good. And you guys creating this space for women and for, I mean, anyone to come on and talk about the 
stuff of their lives, I think mm-hmm. is brilliant and amazing. I'm very, very excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. We're excited to have you. And um, as Megan was talking about, yes, the topic of abortion is very stigmatized, shamed in many ways. Um, the decisions around having an abortion more so as well, like we, we have to justify our reasons. Um, so this is a different take on, on a reason why somebody would want to have an abortion. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. I just want to put all of this out there right now that there's definitely nothing wrong with um, having an abortion. If that is your choice to do so, it's your body, your choice, all of those things. You don't need to justify why it's right for you. But hopefully this episode will help you um, make those decisions and not Mm -hmm. feel so shamed or, you know, to tell people your story. So, yeah, that's exactly right. Cosign everything Raina said. And, you know, I personally, well, we'll get into it more and listeners will hear like Catherine does not feel shame about this. I am so inspired by that because I think, unfortunately, a lot of people who have had an abortion do feel that because it's put on them. So mm-hmm. if that's you, no shame for feeling shame. Right. <laughs> it's a natural emotion. Totally. And I just, I hope that this will help people see this as like a normal, the normal medical procedure mm-hmm. and like life choice that it is. So Catherine, just love your no regrets approach to this topic. So, yeah, I mean, everything you both have said, the shame around abortions to me is absurd. Um, I think it is imposed on our culture Mm -hmm. 100% by religion and religious patriarchy. And I I don't believe in that. I don't Mm -hmm. believe in any of that. Um, And I think that's so sad. Um, that our whole culture has bought into this BS about it not being an okay option. Mm-hmm. So take us take us through the story. Like, how did you find yourself um, needing one? You want the dirt? Yeah, <laughs> give us that fucking dirt. Tell us. Obviously, we know how you how you would have gotten. I mean, how do you make a baby? Yeah, where do babies come from? beginning when a boy meets a girl <laughs> there's a stork you know comes flying in <laughs> so it's it's so what you would think I I was single I'd been single for a long time and I was dating and I was having sex and it was part of my dating life it is is trying to be safe, by the way, like, I don't want this to come off as, oh, it's fine to be careless, like when you're, you know, out there in your adult sex life. No, like, we want to be as careful as we can. But things happen. and, And it's normal, especially when you're having a lot of sex, like, things are going to happen. And that's what happened to me. I was dating this boy, this guy, this man, and we used a condom the first time for sure. And I think things got a little confused Mm -hmm. in the whole mix of it. Mm -hmm. 
And that's how it happened to me. I wasn't on birth control at the time because ever since I had had my daughter, so this was all after um, I had a child, Mm -hmm. I hadn't really got back into the birth control thing because of uh, a lot of reasons, really, but mostly just because of the chaos of life and not really trusting myself to take a pill every day and wanting to be using alternative methods and backup methods, blah, blah, blah. Um, in hindsight, I kind of wish I had been on the pill at the time. Sure. Um, and I've also used emergency contraception a number of times. In Me, my too. Mm-hmm. Me yes. too. I mean, yeah, it's like what you're saying. Like, of course, like safe sex is so important to protect yeah. against like infection transmission to not get pregnant if you don't want to be. But like, it shit fucking happens. Yeah, you and know? it's also so real to like, it, like birth control is. A, I have an IUD now because I couldn't remember to take the pill every day, and have had to take Plan B before because things do happen even when you are a careful person most mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. I think I've taken Plan B maybe ten times since I turned eighteen. Personally, I had never like hesitated to get it, which in hindsight, I don't understand why I didn't do it for this particular situation because clearly I should have, but I thought, I think I thought I was safe. I think Mm -hmm. I thought I was in the clear and I just wasn't. And look, I mean, for women, it's so much harder to be in the throes of like a sexual situation and every single second being like, Oh wait, where's the condom? Like what's happening? Mm-hmm. Like, is the condom on? Did it fall off? Like what's, Did what's it rip? the uh, condom situation? <laughs> yeah. It break? Fuck. God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's like our, like if you're, you know, Ew, in hours. Moment, okay. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure yeah. on women. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but in my sex life, I have 99.9% of the time taken the initiative in terms of safety, Mm -hmm. birth control. Uh, You know, what are we doing? Are we using a condom? Like, do you care to ask me if I'm on the pill? Nope, you don't care. Okay, cool. I guess you don't fucking care. (laughs) Yeah. And so I, I hate how, you know, on top of all of that, and then when something bad happens, women are shamed right. because we have to have an abortion. Yeah. It's such a horrible, horrible catch 22 for us. It's fucked. I mean, the burden is always on us for everything, know? everything, but especially yeah. around this, because again, our body, our, our problem, you know what I mean? Like it fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, and to finish my, like to just kind of go through the whole story. Mm -hmm. So there was this encounter. I was not at all interested in continuing a relationship with this person. And after several more like dates, I didn't speak to him for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I was feeling really sick. I was feeling different and I had no idea that I was pregnant Mm. and I was feeling sluggish and not I wasn't eating, which is not like me. (laughs) And I didn't know it was wrong. And I took a pregnancy test and 
I was really nervous and it came back negative. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's not it. I wonder what it is. I better go see a doctor. And I went to the doctor. I told her my whole story. Um, and I told her I'd taken a pregnancy test and it was negative. And so I feel like something is up. I don't know what. And the nurse was like, mm, you know, maybe we're going to give you one anyway, like just to cross all the boxes. Mm-hmm. And it came back positive. And the doctor came in and she was like, congratulations, you are pregnant. And I was like, mm-hmm. ah! <laughs> no. I think just like the blood drained from my face because she immediately like backtracked and was like, so do you want to follow up? Oh, no. like, what do you want to do? I was thinking, I want to get the fuck out of this office and go schedule an abortion mm-hmm. is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was such an immediate decision. That's another thing I want to talk about is the second I found out, I was like, no, this is not happening. Um, I do not want this. I have, I have no interest in having any kind of relationship with this person, let alone a lifelong relationship with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, and in the time I was in my life with my career, yeah, I was already a single mom raising a young, um, girl. Yeah. And I was intertwined with family and taking care of family and they were taking care of me and just a pregnancy at that time would have been a disaster. Um, So there was not even a second thought in my mind, like, oh, maybe I should do this. It was an absolute 0% chance that I was going to go through it. Mm -hmm. Um, And why would I even have to consider it when it wouldn't be the right time? Yeah. I mean, this is what frustrates me about this conversation is we have to think about it. Like, unless you went into it wanting it or or maybe even the, in the back of your mind, hoping maybe this will resolve yeah. in a child, that would be cool. Like, that would be nice. Um, why would you continue on with the pregnancy? I just... I feel like we have it backwards. Mm-hmm. Like the question should be, am I going to, is this going to happen now for me? Am I going to continue with this pregnancy and have a child and really consider seriously what that would mean for me, my family and a potential new life on this planet earth. Yeah. Um, I think we have it backwards. It's a lot more thoughtful. Um did you get any pressure? Like, Oh, Catherine, you need to give yourself some time to think about, like, you still have time before you have to decide. Did you get any of that kind of um, pressure from like doctors or from family or anybody? No. So I like when I left the doctor's office, I was sitting in my car calling Kaiser how do I get an abortion? (laughs) What is step one? Mm -hmm. Sign me up. And what I thought was kind of weird is they sent me to Planned Parenthood, which I think is, is okay. I, I love Planned Parenthood. I think it's an amazing organization. I want to talk more about them later. Um, but I was confused that Planned Parenthood is famous for, you know, this type of healthcare for women but don't other doctors do it too? Mm-hmm. Like do just Planned Parenthood doctors agree to this? Type? And then that's that in and of itself is a weird 
kind of why don't all doctors right do abortion? Right? Like why? Why wouldn't my normal OBGYN just do it? Right. Um, I never Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Right. So they sent me to Planned Parenthood. I was fine with it. Planned Parenthood was amazing. I every single person in that building deserves a medal. I love them. Their bedside manner is brilliant and perfect. And they're so kind and they're so accommodating and understanding. And and they just are used to, you know, maybe young girls or confused women being in there and not knowing like what they're doing. And so they just want to kind of coddle you through it. And it's very sweet. Mm. And they did have to do a sonogram, which obviously it was crappy. Like I didn't want to have to do that, mm-hmm. but that was a necessary part for the health of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and also making sure that I was pregnant. Um, and so because they know you're seeking an abortion, they tell you exactly what's going to happen. They turn off all of the sound. Mm. So if there is a heartbeat, you don't hear it, which again, not a problem for me, but I imagine some people would be a little weirded out by that. Or maybe if they had had shame from family members, it would affect them more deeply. Um, But they were wonderful. They, they, I had to go to two appointments, which again, not the best, but not complaining. And during the second appointment, they gave me the, it's like a drug cocktail. So I had two options where I could either do the surgical, um, or do a series of pills Mm -hmm. at home. So I wanted to do the series of pills at home just because I felt like it was going to be less invasive. Mm -hmm. It was really a strange experience. I'll tell you the whole thing. Basically, so she hands me the cocktail. She's like, when you take this first pill, this is what terminates the pregnancy. So I'm just going to say before you take it, make sure that this is what you are wanting to do is terminating the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I like gobbled it right up. And then like in the office, give you, yeah, I was just like, ah. <laughs> and then they gave you, they give you like a follow-up, which is how it will shed all of the tissue mm. out of your uterus. Mm-hmm. And that's the more uncomfortable, crampy part. Um, is it just like an a really bad period or? Exactly. Okay. So they walk you through what's probably going to happen because you're going to be at home by yourself. Um, they warn you for what to do if it's not going normally. Like, oh, if you're bleeding too much where you're, you know, bleeding so much that you should see a doctor, it's this much. And they like showed you a pad, like what a pad would look like. Go to the doctor if this happens. Um, that didn't happen for me. I didn't even come close to that. But it was essentially the worst period of my life times 10. Like, it was really, really bad Um, for about three days. And then it continued on, though. Like, I didn't stop bleeding for, like, a month and a half. Damn. Which I know. I... 
and that was because I did it the way I did it. If you do the surgical, I guess it's not as severe for as long. Mm-hmm. Um, to each his own. I'm glad I did what the way that I did, but it was a huge, huge pain in the ass. Do not recommend it for all of all of my fellow women out there who've gone through this, just like a tip of the hat, one mediocre sexual experience, and you're still dealing with it months and months and months later. Mm-hmm. What a nightmare. Yeah. Like just what a burden yeah. for women to have to hold in order to be sexually active and have a very active sex life that men just have no fucking clue None. that it's going on. No. Ugh. no they just you know do what they do and move on and we're fucking stuck dealing with this shit and yeah I mean even if um either way either way if you decided to go forward or whichever direction you were going to do you know um it's always harder for for us you know to go through that so um yeah what an intense process as far as like having to like literally witness it every single day for like a month and a half of like, you know, like, cause I know with the surgical part of an abortion, usually you'll have some bleeding maybe for a week, you know, up to two weeks or so post um, procedure. But other than that, you know, it's pretty straightforward, but yeah. Did it pl- play with your psyche at all? Like having to continue to deal with that? So no, not for me. Mm I, I told my sister when I found out that I was pregnant and she was amazing. She's like, okay, so team abortion, like, how are we doing this? Like, what do you need? Mm -hmm. Like, do you need me to go to the store for you? Like, just tell me what, what I can do. Um, and she was amazing. I didn't tell my mom until after not that I didn't, that I didn't feel like I could trust her, but there's just a protective element that moms have. Mm. And especially my mom, where I didn't want her to be concerned for her, her baby, her daughter, right? Like, oh, she's going through Mm. what for so many women is a big deal. Like I, I, are you okay, sweetie? (laughs) And I just didn't want any of that. I just wanted it to be all business get it over with. Um, and then I ended up telling her after like, Oh mom, remember when I was really sick and then, you know, I called off work for a day. It's cause I had to have an abortion and she's like, Oh, well you could have told me sweetie. Like I would have, of course I would have supported you and been there like whatever you needed. I'm like, I know mom. She's like, you know, by the way, I had two when I was younger. And I was like, you never told me. Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> and we actually had a really great conversation for mother and daughter who are already so close, who share a lot of our lives with each other. Um, she told me her abortion story and it was close to mine. I mean, sure, she was younger than me. She she had never had children yet. Um, but she had become pregnant and was just not ready. Mm -hmm. And so she had had two abortions in her twenties and 
I asked her, why am this the first time that I'm hearing about it? And she's just like, well, I just don't, I never really talked about it because it was nobody's business, mm-hmm. but me and my doctor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fair. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's like a surprising thing to find out about a mom, but also isn't because it is, it's very common. I meant to look up the statistics before we started recording, but I didn't. But like millions of women, yeah, have this procedure done. Mm-hmm. And um, well, like I would say even like young girls and women, um, and have for since time immemorial, right? Like before there were surgeries for it, there were like tinctures and brews that you could drink to try to instigate a mis to a, a miscarriage and abortion. And it's like very, very common. So it's it's surprising, but it also isn't like because so many people have had this done and just choose to not talk about it because a, it's really is a personal and private medical procedure for folks. And then also because of the shame or like, you have to have the perfect story of like the, the perfect, like sad story about becoming pregnant or whatever. You just have to have like fit a mold and just being incapable or or being too way too young or, or not having the, financial stability, or there's always a qualification Mm -hmm. that seems to be required when you discuss it in public. Mm -hmm. And I am not, I was not young. I was over 35. I had a really good job. I could have easily financially supported, not easily, that's bullshit, not easily, but I could have financially supported um, an additional child. I, there was no, I mean, I bear some of the blame for the irresponsibility of it in terms of not being careful enough that it was happening. And I, I wish that women didn't feel like when, if they were going to share their story, that there needed to be this qualification. Um, I, I hope that we can just start talking about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had an abortion. Oh, it was horrible. It sucked. Thank God it's over. Mm-hmm. Anyways, you know, it, it doesn't, it has nothing to do with who I am as a person at all. Right. Yeah. I think that's so important because it's your choice. It's your decision. It's anybody's choice or decision and you shouldn't have to justify it. Whatever is right for you, whether you choose to bear children or not bear children, like you shouldn't have to justify your choices to anybody. And not only that, but feel shamed um, and ashamed if you chose not to go forward with having children, whether you don't want to, it doesn't even matter the reason, you know, like even now, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, I'm going through all the things about, you know, I could have had, you know, I could have done this and I could have done that, you know, as far as had the baby and supported them, but you know, I don't know. There's just a lot of, and it's funny because not funny, but I mean, you just catch yourself because there's still, even though definitely I believe you 100%, you were like, I'm having this abortion. There is still like this need to like explain why, you know, um, but you don't really need to do, you know, uh, but that's because of the conditioning of our whole entire lives of women that we're here to have children and we're not allowed to not want them, yeah. <laughs> you know? 
I totally agree with you, Rena. Um, it is all imposed on us mm-hmm. by culture and, and still by media. And I wanted to ask you guys, you know, what, where do you think today, like, where is the majority, the brunt of the shame coming from? I mean, where I think a big part of it is coming from is politics and religion, you know, which there's abortions in the Bible, by the way. Like, I just, I can't understand how it culminated in this. And we're still talking about it as if it's like a legitimate opinion to have that, oh no, it's just my religious belief that this is immoral and you are doing X, Y, you're a murderer because like, oh my, like how are you twisting that in your mind to make that the reality? Um, God told men to force their women to have abortions if he thought maybe she had cheated on him. Um, so God's cool with abortion. So everyone needs to calm the fuck down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it comes obviously from politics and religion, but I don't know. I I think that, I think there are some maybe like frontline anti-choice activists who hold a sincere belief around it. It's not a belief I agree with. I think it is, comes from a sincere place. The people that are indoctrinating that belief into those like frontline anti-choice warriors outside of the abortion. Yeah. Like I do not think that the source of the indoctrination comes from a sincere place. I think it comes from the need to, for power and control over women's bodies. And because it's such an effective issue to use to win elections. Like it feels very insidious to me. It's, it's about so much more than preserving a quote unquote, like a, a fetus's potential life. Like that's sort of my take on it. I don't know. What yeah. do you think? No, totally. <laughs> I agree. And I wish that we would start to like, uh, so yeah, I am involved a little bit in politics and I, I really want us to be able to flip this script as quickly as possible Um, and even with Planned Parenthood, again, who I love, donate to Planned Parenthood if you can, um, they frame it, their, their role in our society as, well, we don't do a lot of abortions. Like, you know, like it's, it's admitting or, or giving up this point that yes, there is some, you know, perhaps there is a moral, question of whether or not abortions are okay. And we'll acknowledge that. And then we'll talk about, you know, we don't really do it that much. We do all these other things for women. And so that's why we should have the support that we do. Um, Like it's kind of apologetic. We didn't have to do that. Yeah, Yeah. Because then it sends a message to women that maybe it is wrong that I'm going to make this choice. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially, I mean, I just would hate to think that when my daughter is going through her life and, you know, she's getting, um, oppressed by this just upside down topsy turvy culture that there is some kind of moral attachment to an abortion. Um, the only reason we have that moral attachment is because of religion and right-wing politics. And, and it is so insidious, Megan, like, and it's so hypocritical and even the frontline people how are you being this hypocritical in this moment? How are you 
telling women that this is where you draw your moral line at this place where, you know, we have children at the border who are being abused every single day. And, you know, we have school shootings where children are being murdered because your uncle has a hobby he's obsessed with. Or there's just so much hypocrisy about it. It's like almost brainwashed. They're like almost brainwashed, really. Yeah. Like it's the only way to have it. If you sense. if we're gonna say that there is some sincerity to it, and I agree with you. I mean, I'm sure that of course, like why would they care so much? There has to be something ingrained where they think that this is actually morally wrong. Um how are you so blind to your own hypocrisy? That is so confusing to me. Uh, I, I can't, I can't answer that question. I, I can't figure it out and I'm pretty smart. So maybe someone else can help me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that was um, something that I was thinking about is what came first, you know, um, as far as the feeling wrong, you know, it, it morally, if it's wrong, morally, if you feel strongly against like some people that have had abortions, you know, they regret it. Um, they feel shame, they feel um, doubt, all sorts of emotions, you know what I mean? And whether those are because of the things that they were taught, or conditioned along the way, you know, their moral compass, I don't know, like, it's hard to say, where it's all so, like, ingrained in us and mixed around and, Childhood, you know, yeah. like, a child. yeah, I understand the thought of like, um, like the what ifs, you know, what if I did have, what if I didn't go through with it and what would my baby look like now? And all of those, what if thoughts, um, yeah. but then behind those thoughts, there should, there's also the other side of that, which we always have to think of both sides of, of the situation, whether the wrong side or the right side or the feel good side and the feel bad side, you know, there's always a feel good side, but what, look at this now, you know, look at me now. And where would I have been if I did choose to have the baby, you know, I wouldn't have this life. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you have to focus on both sides of those things rather than like, you know, what if this did happen? Like just getting lost in the questioning. Yeah. The negative shame, lost in the shame and the negative um, space, yeah. you know, as opposed to like, no, I did make the right decision for my life at the time. And I need to just like, leave it there, you yeah. know, um, and be okay with that. And that, that there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing. Yeah. Wrong. I, totally. And, and, agree. Yeah. And just move on. And I feel like we're talking about that two different things. I mean, there's the, the very personal experience of, you know, making these decisions. And what is that like as an individual woman? Mm -hmm. Obviously, I've expressed pretty clearly, no regrets, like very, like no shame. Um, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that it was easy for me. Um, But I've certainly talked to women who, so this is another, again, we're talking about two different things. We're talking about what society does that I disagree with Mm -hmm. and how they stigmatize it and pressure women to question it. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, well maybe I shouldn't. Right. Why? Right. Like I wanted to bring it around um, back to what Raina was sort of thinking about and reflecting on too. Like um, there's a range of experiences with this. Um, Some people are super clear like you, some people 
are ambivalent, but just ultimately make the choice based on life circumstances. Some people actually really want the child and the abortion is medically necessary, which that is a circumstance that really does break my heart because like how fucking, how sad, right? It's just sad to have to be put in that position. So I don't know. It seems like there's like a range of experiences that women have and it is worth reflecting on that, I think. And then, you know, for the people that are probably the greatest proportion, which is the like kind of ambivalent, but this is probably the right thing for my life right now, people. It is interesting to think about like, why is, where does the, like, why are you ambivalent? Um, But I imagine that there's like a whole range of emotion. Oh, yeah. People that have um, abortions experience everything from like tremendous relief and celebration Mm -hmm. to like, to sadness. And I feel like that is okay. It's okay to just like have your human experience with it. I can imagine every single woman exists that you described times a thousand. And as a community, I just hope that we support each other above all Mm -hmm. else. And I, I know there are women who regret it, who did it and then regret it and they regret it. And how horrible to be in that position. And again, it's just another burden that women carry most of the time, very much Mm -hmm. alone because it is a very difficult subject to talk about. And if you are one of those people, how horrible it would be to admit that. And then you know, the person you admitted it to be like, well, then you shouldn't have right. done it. And, and just like Wrong stab you in yeah. the heart and just have no understanding of why you might have needed to in that particular moment. And then maybe you regretted it later. It's rough out there yeah. for the ladies. Like we need to be so supportive of each other every single day. And again, that's why I love this ah. show so much. You guys are just putting it out there in everyone's face. Like this is a community where we're going to support. Yes, absolutely. Because I mean, this is, I mean, this episode is definitely about your story and, you know, no regrets. You did exactly what you felt was right for you, which is amazing. And, um, and I think it'll help a lot of other women who may be having some shame about probably, well, maybe feeling shamed about not having any regrets. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing wrong with that. And so I, that's why your story or your perspective on this is very appreciative. Uh, I'm appreciative of it very much so because you don't hear that very often. Right. And maybe because people are ashamed of saying, I have no fucking regrets about this shit. You know, I didn't want a baby. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, So it's very refreshing to hear this um, side and be you know, um, okay with it and like really okay with it and not sad about it. And you know what? I still, I still want to have another Mm -hmm. kid and that's someday. Like, and I want it to be right. I want it to be with the partner I'm excited to have a child Mm -hmm. with and duh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to do it. Unless it's the perfect situation, you are bringing a human, you are going to raise a human being who has to live and function and survive 
on this dying rock. Yeah. <laughs> like we we don't want to mess around yeah. with this. So yeah, I hope that you know we can all just talk about it more and more and and change the culture. I hate how it's framed right now. I think that it is a disservice to women, even Planned Parenthood. Like, let's flip the script. Let's not, let's talk about the abortions that we do and be proud of it because we're empowering women and women deserve it. And they shouldn't have to feel any shame that this was what they decided Mm -hmm. to do because it was for the best. It was for the best of them. And it was for the best of society. And if what's holding them back from fully owning that decision is the, um, the shame that they may feel from society or that they think they're going to get like, that's horrible. You know, if you're being forced to forced into this situation because you're afraid of what everybody else is going to think about you because of the stigma that's attached to all of this. I mean that we need to, yeah, flip the fucking script on all of that. Like whatever your decision is, like we'll wholeheartedly support you. Um, and that's also another thing I want to talk about with your, with your story too, is you had a, you already had a child, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, um, some people think when I was poor, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I mean, some people think like, if you have, if you want children, you're always going to want every child that you get impregnated with, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. can still, there's no rules. Like you can decide this is your life. This is your fucking life. You have to deal with this shit, you know? And if you want to bring somebody in the world, Um, and you want to make sure it's absolutely right for you. And like, that's, that's amazing. And you should, you know, um, and I'm glad that we have this option of having abortions. If, if we choose to do so, some States don't fucking allow that option, you know, and I was actually just watching a movie. Where were they in Arkansas? I don't fucking know, but they had a drive. She was 17 years old. She had it. I mean, I know it's a movie, but it's still fucking like based on reality, that the, she had it because they don't allow underage um, abortions there unless you, you know, you have to have your parents consent and no 17 year old wants to, you know, tell their parents, whatever. So anyway, her and her bestie or old bestie had to go and take a road trip to New Mexico where they did have, did allow, um, you know, underage abortions or, you know, um, without parents consent. And like she had, and that is, that's yeah. going on all yes. the time. And like, and that's even more dangerous. What the I know, that's what I was going to say. Two 17-year-olds <laughs> on a road trip is like so much more dangerous than like an afternoon at Planned Parenthood for that. Exactly. Like the access. And that goes back to the hypocrisy exactly. is, is we don't really care about the sanctity of no. life. Like, let's go ahead and give up that ghost because it's it bullshit. is bullshit because they only care about the fetus or whatever is going to happen. Like, who even knows? But once it's in, in this world or on the like yeah. on the earth, they don't give a fuck what happens to the baby. You know what I mean? They're not there's nothing in place to help no. these women that ha- have no choice or feel like they have no choice and then bring a child into this world unprepared or lack or of resources even or just like want the kid. And yeah, like need help. Like, yeah. We don't even have paid fucking maternity leave in this country. <laughs> like, we don't have anything in, in place to support. Um, for sure. You know, I will just flat out and say that I had one when I was 17 years old and I am so happy. I don't regret the decision. I cannot imagine having a fucking 22, 23 year old right now. Fuck dude. No, my whole life would have been completely different. And I 100% believe I made the right choice for me at the time. 
And I, I can't go back on that. You know, there's no sense in going back on choices that you made, yeah. you know, that are, you can't undo. So I choose to focus on all the things that I do have because of the choice that I made, you know, instead of what I don't have or yeah, the what ifs, you know, what would, so that's what I was kind of referring to in the beginning when we we're kind of talking about this, you know, cause I was asking my own self questions in my head, um, has nothing to do with your story, of course, but you know, it's just kind of like. I want to, anybody that may be listening to this episode, just kind of like dance around these questions that, um, because, because it is, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a big decision, you know, to make. Um, and hopefully, you know, if you're lucky, you'll be 100% sure, regardless what decision you make, you'll be 100% about it, you know, but the majority of us are not, are not, you know, <laughs> so it's helpful to have like this conversation and just also acknowledge the ones that are ambivalent about it. And then trying to get them to be more like, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. You, you know, you made your decision and yeah. it's okay. Yeah. And like, you know, your life is beautiful. We definitely wouldn't be sitting here doing this if you had a 23 year old. So oh, no. and I'm a very selfish person. <laughs> So I'm so glad that you, I'm so glad you had that unfortunate. Me too. And like, I didn't do it with my parents' consent, you know, luckily, like this is a state that I didn't need it. My parents' consent. And it was the same thing at Kaiser, but I went to an abortion clinic and, you know, I went through the whole, I did a, a procedure. So I remember it like fucking yesterday. I mean, yeah, it's sad that you have to make that choice that we have to be in that fucking position in the first place. Um, and do it alone, you know, like that's the sad part about it, um, that you're stuck making these choices. Um, but the choice itself shouldn't be that, you know, it shouldn't be sad. I mean, whatever you decide to do, it's the circumstances, the situation we're put in is kind of, is fucked up, you know? And thank you so much for saying that because giving all women the room to breathe, to just kind of think out loud about what they're about to go through um, and, and trying to think, oh, should I, am I more like Raina who didn't know for sure, but then she did it and now she's just gonna, you know, move forward in her life? Or am I supposed to be more like Catherine where I, where I only do it if I know for sure no, like we all need the room to breathe, to figure this out together and can create communities like this where we can talk to each other and know whatever you decide, like mm-hmm. we've got your back a hundred percent. And even if in six months you come, you know, knocking on my door in tears and crying, I think I made the wrong decision. Oh my God, what have I done? Let's Mm -hmm. go through it together. Um, And I think that's so important. Like, yeah, women, like we are so on an island with this issue and still are not getting the respect we deserve in what we deal with, Mm -hmm. with pregnancy and child rearing and bearing the brunt of truly, you know, civilization. You know, just that. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Totally. And also it's just my personality that is, that doesn't really experience ambivalence. And the same thing happened with my Mm -hmm. first pregnancy, which was, I was a poor waitress. I had no healthcare and I became pregnant from a long-term boyfriend 
And I couldn't, I, it was a huge surprise and I was not expecting it. There wasn't a single second where it was like, should I get an abortion? Mm -hmm. It went from, this is my baby to, I got to start telling people I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm having a baby. Like there was no, like, should I keep it? Like, it was just, it was the closest to having a spiritual experience Mm -hmm. that I've ever had. Because it was just so immediate for no good reason. I was not prepared. I was not financially secure. I was in a horrible relationship at the time. And for some reason, I just knew that was my baby and I was going to have a baby. That's amazing. That's how it should be. (laughs) You know, you're just like, no, yeah, yeah. I'm doing it. (laughs) I feel like if it was. Maybe it is that simple, you know, if you listen to your intuition, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Maybe. Or who maybe knows? I don't know. And, and who knows, but let's just feel comfortable being open about it and not scared of what people are going to put on our identities because this happened. Yeah. I think yeah. it's so important that we just definitely don't shame one another for our decisions that we make, you know, whether they come easy or not easy or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, So I think, and yeah, support each other and empower one another to, and hopefully we'll make the, that will help make those decisions a little bit more easy. Yeah. And just like more navigable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is there anything we missed that you wanted to make sure to talk about? Just underlining that there is zero problem with having a conversation with a medical professional about Mm -hmm. what is best for you. Um, And that is what, that's how I define abortion. Um, It's that simple. I mean, and the other thing is how do you, like, where do you draw the line in terms of what would be an unethical Mm -hmm. abortion? The answer is it's none of your Mm -hmm. business. It's between a woman and her doctor um, to figure out what is the ethical solution to this Mm -hmm. woman's problem. If, if she has a problem Mm -hmm. and that's the end of it. And, and women should be empowered all of the time and feel safe and comfortable in that decision a hundred percent of the time. And we're not there by any stretch and let's get there as quickly as we can. I love it. I love it too. Well, (laughs) you have my vote. Yes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, um, have you had an abortion? Let us know if you want to talk about it, if you need to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Very clearly, Catherine's here for you. (laughs) We are too. Yeah. And Catherine, I just want to say again, thank you for coming and being so candid so clear. Yeah. Um, so thoughtful on the topic. Um, for sure. Just really, really appreciate it. Yes. It's very refreshing. (laughs) And I love, I just wanted to touch on something you said earlier about body autonomy. How, why is that the one thing we don't have autonomy over? Why can't we make our own decision about that part of our body? And that's, that kind of clicked like a thing in my head. Like, yeah, what the fuck? If I had a brain problem, I would want, you know what I mean? Nobody make decisions if I want to operate on my brain, but me, you know, kind of thing. Like what the fuck? Yeah. So yeah. You don't get my uterus. It's my uterus. You can't have it. So (laughs) 
She's mine. <laughs> um, all right. Well, um, thank you again so much, listeners. We would love to know what you think. Yes. We would love to hear your experiences with this topic. Um, please don't forget to subscribe. That's the number one thing you can do to support us and also rate and review to help more people find us. And we love y'all so much. Thank you, Catherine. Thanks, Catherine. (laughs) Bye. Bye.